Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to another new episode of Undying Light. I am your host, Pastor Alex, and we are back at it once again with another new episode. And hopefully uh, the errors of last week have been corrected and you don't have to continue to listen to the dumpster fire episodes uh, that would have resulted in not spending the time and uh, trying to edit out all of those weird discrepancies. So... Uh, I apologize for last Friday's episode. It was uh, it was terrible, and I, I kind of regret releasing it, but at the same time, I don't want to miss uh, a show release, and so you, <laughs> sometimes you just got to get get a little bit of a dumpster fire episode and, you know, cleanses the palate, I guess, would be a good way to look at it. And hopefully, going forward, you know, we'll continue to tweak and edit the, um, the EQs on this and hopefully get rid of you know, anything that wouldn't sound as a normal conversation. And so uh, I've done a full episode already for patrons on Genesis, and so I've gone through and tried to revamp that. And so hopefully this one sounds just as good, if not better. And so I'm continuously going to tweak and edit uh, as I go forward with this. So GarageBand is an interesting monster, mostly because they've got a couple things that they like to do. They they have master echo and master reverb always turned on when you start a new track. And then when you go and try to edit that, it's not it's not even just the echo and reverb that you have to deal with, but it's reverb to small plate and ambience to ambience, ambience to ambience. So they're uh, both are all four of these settings essentially have to be turned off. And that still doesn't fix all of the problems that may incur on a track. And so you have to go through and uh, just continuously tweak and change stuff. And it's just really annoying. But anyways, um, commercial will be on the back end of the show for Patron and Logos. If you're interested, DM me. I'm currently not really on Instagram a whole lot, trying to take a break from it uh, with a whole bunch of stuff going on in my personal life. So... I'm just trying to work on getting this done. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to, I guess, get out of Instagram a little bit, maybe even entirely, and just grow the podcast organically. 
and I think that's probably going to be my route going forward. For the patrons, we'll still have Discord, and uh, we'll have our group chat set up on Instagram. I'm just, just, you know, kind of in the in the wheelhouse of am I going to stay on there or am I just going to kind of let it go and then just peek in every so often. So I don't know yet. Lot to take into consideration and uh, you know things to ponder over the time but if you're interested in joining us dollar a month gets you access to all that but in the meantime let's get into the material at hand and let's look at Matthew chapter 12 last week we talked about the Lord of the Sabbath uh, now we're going to look at verses 9 and probably through 21 depending on our time and uh, they're two uh, relatively short sections but there's still a lot of material here uh, with man with a withered hand and God's chosen servants. And from that, then we go into blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is an interesting text. That probably is going to take a whole show by itself. So we'll dedicate an entirety to that next week. So uh, if this show, show runs short of the 30 minutes, I apologize. I really like the 30-minute shows, but I definitely want to spend as much focused time um, on, the next, on that section on the Holy Spirit. So... Let's uh, not waste any more time. Let's get into it. A man with a withered hand, verse 9, he went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man with, uh, was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So they might accuse him. And he said to them, Which of you, uh, which of you who has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath will not take hold of it and lift it out? Or... Uh, or how of how much more value is a man than a sheep? It, so it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, "Stretch out your hand." And the man stretched out, stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. So there's uh, some interesting things to unpack here in this first little section that we're going to take on today, and we will. Uh, Hopefully do our due diligence to explain through some of these things and uh, continue our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. So let us dig in to the material. Verse 9, he's entering their synagogue, probably in Capernaum or potentially another Galilean town. Remember, this is still the Sabbath, a Saturday in the Jewish eyes. Obviously, that's pretty uh evident by the question that the Pharisees give him uh, on the, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So they're trying to, again, corner him and uh, go after Jesus and trying to uh, break, you know, this Old Testament Levitical law that they had. Uh, so they are asking him, is it lawful to heal? And then obviously um, Jesus turns and gives them this answer. And the whole premise is, again, surrounding that they may accuse him. And then they, even though that Jesus' answer is, is biblically fulfilling and it is the right answer to the Sabbath, they conspire against him because it goes against their preconceived notions of what the Sabbath was, should have been like. In fact, it, we talked a little bit about last week, but how the Sabbath was given to man and not man given to the Sabbath. And so this kind of construct was backwards in the Pharisees' eyes. They thought that they had to essentially worship this this day because that was 
given to them as a day of rest. And they missed the connecting piece that it was God who rested on this day, making it holy. Therefore, it is a gift to mankind to acknowledge the Sabbath and keep it holy by just resting and not not being overburdened by works, not having to do anything like that. But if you have to cook, cook. If you have to do some good, do some good. Those things are all lawful on the Sabbath. But we see the Pharisees take that to you know the complete back side of that view. And any action performed on the Sabbath outside of literally waking up and getting dressed and maybe walking around town and going to temple uh, is forbidden. They were very gung-ho at locking down those laws. So uh, the withered hand, uh, the uh, translation can also be dry hand, paralyzed, shrunken. Uh, it could be diseased uh, or could have been caused by an accident. Uh, the Pharisees, you know, are obviously not going to heal this man. And so he comes... Um, to Jesus for that healing. Uh, Jesus assumed the hypothetical question about lifting a sheep out of the pit on the Sabbath would have a, position, a positive answer, though the Pharisees would certainly rescue their sheep. And that's his response to the accusation that they give in terms of, is it lawful to heal this man with a withered hand? And Jesus is assuming, and, and, and this is fine for Jesus to do, hoping that the Pharisees would pick up on what he was getting at instead of hardening their hearts even further. And so Jesus is assuming that this hypothetical question that he gives about lifting a sheep out of the pit on the Sabbath would in turn soften the hearts of the Pharisees, but it doesn't. It continues to harden and this is why at the very end of our little passage, they go on to conspire to destroy him. Uh, humans obviously have a greater value than animals. If you are a patron and you've been following along on our Genesis study, you will have picked that up as we've worked through the first chapter and a half or so of Genesis. Uh, animals are, are created and given to humans, but humans are made in the image of God. And so we have a higher value, a greater value than the animals. Jesus declared that doing good on the Sabbath takes priority over the too strict application of the law. Jewish regula uh, religious law did not permit medical treatment when life was in danger. So uh, it did permit it if there was a need. If life was in danger, then the um, medical treatment could proceed. But, uh, you know, if you break an arm, break a leg, uh, tough. You're going to have to wait till tomorrow when you can get it fixed. But if you're dying out, bleeding out, you, you might have a good chance of at least getting uh, brought to a, a, a stable place, if you would. Uh, so Jesus, his messianic claims here, drive the Pharisees to plot the death of Christ. And he makes it state, you know, makes a statement about the sheep, and then he turns around and tells the man to stretch out his hand, and it's restored. We don't know what Jesus said after stretch out your hand. We don't know if he, you know, just kind of, you know, took the man's hand and just, you know, rubbed his over it. You know, all those are skeptical and speculative views, but you know, chances are the man with the withered hand comes in, hands his arm up to Jesus, and says, "Heal me." and Jesus says, okay, and 
and then the hand is magically healed, uh, divinely healed, and supernaturally healed. And so these are, you know, words and attestments to the the power uh, and the of the miraculous healing that Christ carries, and again further demonstrates his power, mercy, compassion over his creation. So. The claims that he has here uh, on the Sabbath essentially going against what uh, the pharmaceutical viewpoint of the Sabbath is. Uh, now in multiple sections, he is essentially just stirring the pot for them to destroy him, which we know will take place relatively soon. Uh, Matthew, The Gospel of Matthew doesn't dedicate as much time to it as the Gospel of John does. John gives us a deeper dive into uh, the, the the night uh, in which he was betrayed all the way through his resurrection. So there's a lot more depth there, but Matthew picks, picks up the story pretty quickly and uh, carries us on through it. So they will come against him here pretty quick. Um, we've got uh, about 14 chapters left before we start seeing the uh, the Pharisees move against him. So in chapter 26 of Matthew, we have the Last Supper instituted, and that is in the night in which he is betrayed. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, he is betrayed. So, uh, And then his death and resurrection take place in uh, chapter 27 and 28, and then Matthew ends after the Great Commission. So uh, John gives us a, a greater detail of that span of time and when we get to that point we may even kind of parlay with that and get some more understanding of what's going on between the two instead of just working through the the kind of sequence of events quickly as Matthew does so uh, so that's really verses 9 through 14 there the Pharisees eagerness to find fault in Jesus is a common sin uh, Jesus warns his disciples about seeing the speck in another's eye while overlooking the log in their own this goes back to 7, verses 3 through 5. Uh, that Jesus was the victim of a false accusation is another example of how he took upon himself the sins of the world. Though we have many faults for which we deserve condemnation, he has washed them all away by his innocent suffering and death. So that's the beauty of the gospel right there, summed up for you in a nice little package with a bow on top. Though we deserve condemnation, it was his innocent suffering and death that washes us clean. He takes upon himself the sin of the world and freely gives us salvation and eternal life. That is the gospel. So pure. And the the Pharisees, again, are so eager to to destroy him, to end him, to you know clean this mess up that Jesus essentially is causing because you know, he's turning people, you know, their eyes away from the Pharisees, and he's calling people to the true and authentic faith that the Jewish people should have been taught rather than what the Pharisees were teaching them. So let us move on here to verse 15 through 21, and we'll see what God's chosen servant here. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him, and he healed them all and order them all not to make him known. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Before we read Isaiah, let's kind of provide a little context here. Um, Jesus, aware of this, 
referring back to the Pharisees conspiring to destroy him. He leaves, and as he's leaving the temple, many people follow him, and those who were in need, he heals them, and he makes it, you know, makes the statement to um, not make his name known yet. And so he, again, this could probably even come in line with possible uh, exorcisms where demons were cast out, unclean spirits cast out, and Jesus commands them not to speak of him. And so that's something to, to take in consideration when we look at verse 15 but and 16. Uh, but it's not explicitly given to us. And so all we see is many followed and he healed them all, which again, healed can, can mean from injury, illness, or unclean spirit. I mean, there could be a, a variety of things that Jesus is doing in these actions. So, so what Isaiah writes here, uh, behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will pour out my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, until he brings justice to victory, and his name the Gentiles will hope. So Jesus uh, has, you know, withdrawing from this area, just as he did after John's arrest. He's withdrawing from the confrontation with the Pharisees. And this is uh, knowing that his hour has not yet come. He gives them the command not to make him known. And then the Gentiles, uh, among many who followed Jesus, as indicated in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus demonstrates his compassion by turning away none who needed healing. So again, many followed him. We don't know if that was all, all Jews or a, a mix of Jews and Gentiles. It would probably not just be all Gentiles. So it's probably a mix based upon the text and the location that Jesus is at. So there probably would have been more Jews and some Gentiles in that mix. So uh, in previous occasions, Jesus downplays his ministry of physical healing so that his disciples would better understand that he came above all to bring spiritual healing. So I made this statement in my sermon yesterday, uh, which was the 18th of June, uh, as a recording on the 19th, the 18th sermon, uh, I made the statement about how the, fair, or the, the, the apostles are given the power to heal and cast out demons, cleanse lepers, and do all these things. But this is merely a minor supplement to the greater message that they were bringing. They were bringing spiritual hope and spiritual healing their message had the ability to bring the spiritually dead to be spiritually alive. And so the healings were merely a minor addition to the gospel of Christ and to the gospel of the apostles. It is not something that is carried on as a means of, you know, you can only be healed if you, or you can only be saved if you can heal somebody or speak in tongues or prophesy or, do whatever, you know, no, that's not anywhere in the gospel found. That is not the gospel at all. The gospel is simply Christ forgives you. And that is the beauty of it. Jesus died for your sins. If you can say that, you are preaching better than 99% of the preachers in the world. Right there. Jesus died for you. And that is the gospel. It has nothing to do with the healings, though they are 
a nice bonus to the people who uh, travel along with Jesus. So uh, he's, uh, Matthew here in turn is quoting from Isaiah and it's coming from the 42nd chapter, verses 1 through 3. But the fulfill used in verse 17 is a uh, often used in Old Testament scriptures, but they are fulfilled in the coming of Christ. So this is fulfilled, this prophecy by Isaiah, in the 42nd chapter of his book, comes to reality in the life ministry of Jesus Christ. So verses 1 through 4 is the entire quotation here given. Uh, the servant, or Greek pious, may also be translated as son. Jesus was revealed as the servant-slash-son of the Father at his baptism, and the Spirit descended on him. Uh, this justice that is being spoken of, God's righteousness to condemn and forgive, is revealed in his law and gospel. And though Jesus had forbidden his disciples to go to the Gentiles, the proclamation to all nations was very much a part of God's plan. The quotation includes the second mention of the Gentiles. And so this is, you know, a, a purely uh, difficult, I don't want to say difficult, but it's just when we take this prophecy from Isaiah and we place it into modern context, it makes sense for us. But in the Jewish eyes, it would have been completely preposterous to have such a verse like this play out because they thought that they were God's chosen people and the Gentiles weren't worthy of hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And so that is the problem that the Pharisees have wrapped themselves into in the first century Jews and really Jews even today. They still think they're God's chosen people and Christians are blasphemers and we we are distorting and corrupting God's holy word by adding the New Testament to their testament. So they would be stricken and revolt back at the fact that the Gentiles would be included, even though Isaiah is writing about them. And we see that happen throughout the Old Testament as well. We see Gentile nations saved. Uh, the famous one, Jonah and Nineveh. Nineveh spared that generation is saved. And we, you know, we can look back on it and assert what we understand to be true and that the message uh, of the gospel going out, the proclamation was for all nations, every nation, every person is allowed to hear and encouraged and hoped to hear the gospel. So in verses, 29, uh, verses 19 through 20, Jesus describes himself as gentle and lowly in heart. And uh, we can assert this, that Jesus, the servant of the Lord, proclaimed justice to all nations, a justice that rightly condemns sinners. Yet Jesus fulfilled the demands of that justice by his perfect life and innocent death on the cross. We, as Christ's present-day ambassadors, do well to follow his example as we proclaim his message. We will not save anyone by being argumentative or quarrelsome. You don't win souls by having the best argument on social media or on your debate shows or Instagram lives or anything like that. You will not win souls that way. You win souls by sharing the gospel over and over and over again. 
The gospel of Christ alone is the power of God for salvation, Romans 1.16. And so that is, again, another beautiful wrapped up little gospel message for us. The, the power of the gospel is to bring life to those who are dead spiritually. That's the power of the gospel. And you can't do that by beating people down in a debate or on social media, in the comment sections, or whatever it may be, because they disagree with you. And chances are, what they're, you're fighting over is tertiary doctrines and not primary doctrines. Now, we could argue if somebody's going off the deep end and they're uh, pushing a sort of universalism, as some have recently, uh, that would be in means to mark them as a false teacher and call them to repentance unless God condemns them. So that's the, you know, there, there are some things that we have to be able to stand firm on. We have to stand firm on Jesus Christ, the Trinity, uh, in my view, the sacraments, and, um, you know, and really what the Word of God states. And anything that comes against those things can be problematic. We can talk about secondary doctrines like eschatology, which I think is still, even though it's secondary, because it doesn't matter whether you're post-mill or a-mill or pre-mill, uh, you, you're wrong if you're not a-mill, I'm just saying. Uh, but it, it's all secondary doctrine. We can sit and have these wonderful debates and talk about it all day long till the cows come home. If we agree fundamentally that Jesus Christ will return and his church will be caught up to meet him in some fashion, however that happens, we can we can assert that as the primary doctrine, and then all of the pieces after that are secondary. You know, the tribulation and the Antichrist and the mark of the beast and all that stuff. It's all secondary and tertiary doctrines. So they're not worth the argument. And you're not going to win people over by beating somebody down because your view of eschatology is better than somebody else's view, or you think that you're right and they're wrong. You're not going to do that. You're not going to win a person to the kingdom of heaven that way. And in fact, more often than not, you're just fighting in with other Christians. And that is even, you know, a, a mess. Uh, debates are healthy and fine. But debates that are rooted in, I must crush you because I know you're wrong and I'm right, that is where we find fault in it. So we have Isaiah writing the Suffering Servant songs throughout his book. There's four of them in there, and uh, we know that Matthew quotes from Isaiah a few times, and here we have one of those uh, examples for us, and we see how Jesus is that uh, lowly, gentle uh, in heart. He is the one who is to um, bring victory and hope to the world. So that's going to wrap up the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope this quality was a bit better for you. Again, I'm going to continue tweaking on this a little bit in hopes that I can, I, I, it sounds good to me, and I hope that it is better than last week's dumpster fire. So uh, thanks for sticking it out with me. I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, this airs on Friday, so make sure you're in church on Sunday. And have a great week. God bless.
Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of Undying Light. If you did enjoy this episode, then consider joining us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That means $1 per month will get you access to everything that we do behind the scenes. That includes early releases podcast episodes, bonus episodes that will never be released to the public, teaching videos, Bible studies, sermon notes, and anything else that may arise during the time, as well as early access to my book. That also entails that if you are a patron, when I complete the book, you will get a free copy of that said book. So that is just a few of the things that we do here at Undying Light, and we would greatly appreciate if you come and join this community. You'd have access to our chat groups on Instagram and our Discord channel where we keep everybody up to date and have wonderful conversations spanning the plethora of information. So $1 a month gets you full access to all of that. You can buy a whole year up front and get access for just about $10 and change, and that gives you 12 months uninterrupted access to Undying Light. The other promo I would like to share with you is Logos.com. You can get yourself a copy of this wonderful Bible software. You can download it free and uh, go in and just choose and purchase the books that you want, uh, whether you want a study Bible or just a couple commentaries. But the app itself is a wonderful program and allows me to quickly move through content without holding me up. I can search and find all of the available resources in my library that talk about whatever topic that I'm covering and I can draw from it, and I can read through it, and I can have all of it right in front of me. In fact, as I'm recording this, I have my study Bible open with my ESV Bible open, and generally I'll have the Book of Concord open and probably some of Luther's lectures or his uh, commentaries or anything else that he may have written, maybe even sermon notes, things like that, up on the screen. Those tools are wonderful in helping you study. On top of all that, this is not an app just for theologians and pastors, but it can be used for anybody and everybody at any walk in their life. Wherever you are in your walk with Christ, this app can help benefit you. So logos.com forward slash undying light. You'll get yourself some discounts on packages where it will come designed to your specific denominational view. If you're Lutheran, you can get the Lutheran package. If you're Baptist or Reformed or Calvinist or Anglican or Catholic, or Jewish, you can get all of those packages at a discounted rate through that link. So you can find all that information in the show notes, as well as anything that pertains to fitness and health, as that is a, another mantra to my life. And if you have any questions on that, feel free to DM me. So thanks again, guys. Have a great day. God bless. We'll see you later. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.